0: Hey, you know what, Kevin? I thought that having Dr. F build me the evil robot John would be a great thing. You know, make my whole life easier. I mean, it does everything the regular John does, but it has a mustache, because that's apparently how you know that it's an evil robot.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, how did that work out for you? Cause my jaw remembers how it worked out for me.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's working out for me pretty good so far, uh, You know, he works on all the segments, he does some of the interviews, he even edits a few parts. Alright, I guess that is pretty cool. Say, whatever happened to regular John, and why is anybody looking for him? Oh, well, you know, the listeners, they voted, and it seems that Robots is more interesting. So we'll probably get to him by the end of the season. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you weren't doing seasons anymore. Yeah, well... We also saw that the last episode was episode number 80, so, you know,
2: stuff. Uh-huh. Well, hey, wait a minute. You said the listeners voted for robots. I know,
0: right? We've got listeners? Like, I was amazed about that,
2: too. No, no, no. no. I mean, robots. Like, more than one robot. I listened to the last episode, and I felt it too. And I only
0: heard and seen one robot. Oh. Well, maybe if you recall from last time... There's enough here for five robots.
2: Whoa, what was that?
0: What, that? Oh, oh, that was a flashback sequence. Wait, we can do that? Yeah, we sure can. Who has summoned
3: the ghost of ancient fire? What? Your use of hashtag noises to the back ever so slightly into the past as in OP. Cool. Does which one of you ordered a jalapeno cover?
2: Right, that would be me. Uh, it comes with ranch, right? So,
3: this is Gravy
0: to So, that's a yes? Right, right, right. So, so wait, what? You're like a ghost or something? <laughs> yeah, you look like
2: Benjamin Franklin and a pirate.
0: The iPads and
3: hook are real. They're flair for my uniform, and no, I'm not an actual ghost. I'm a supervillain slash history-er. obsessed with stealing lesser-known from the past.
2: Oh, like Da Vinci's notebook or Joan of Arc's sword.
0: Well, more like Benjamin Brickton's
2: kite. So he totally used his kite to invent lightning.
0: Nobody invented lightning, Calvin.
2: No, no, no! Bert Reynolds totally invented lightning in Droker Aces, I believe.
3: For <sighs> sure.
0: We were talking about something amazing here, not, not some sort of travesty. Guys,
3: guys, you're both wrong. Bert Reynolds was a genius, but no, I'm talking about this, the Diary of Benjamin Franklin. Hey, pretty
2: cool, right? Uh, I don't know. Hey, um. Can I get more of this ranch
0: gravy? Heck yeah! <laughs> right, 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 no, 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 wait right a second. There's a bigger set of questions here. Like, okay, so first off, you're a super villain. You're dressed like a colonial American ghost
2: pirate.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And you still very obscure, air uh, quotes, historical artifacts.
2: make <laughs> What part of that
0: was air quotes? I don't know. Take your pick.
3: Well, I'm not that's just for my day job, here as a waiter.
2: Someone's gotta
0: make that money! Uh, now, you could do a clip show. Oh, I always heard those on the shows and such. It's just lazy writing. It's always like, Hey, I remember that time when...
2: <laughs> now, you could do a clip show. See there? I mean... Really, that's all it takes, and you didn't even really have to do anything. Wow, oh. oh, that was
0: pretty easy, and that was actually kind of fun. Right.
1: You're
2: welcome.
0: Now about those
2: robots, huh?
0: Oh yeah, yeah those guys. Yeah, uh, what was there? There was like, there was like five of them now.
2: Really? Can I meet them? And I mean, like meet them without physical contact to my
0: face? <laughs> Ah, well maybe once I get this off and make my ammunition thing working Ugh. Sweet. How long will that take? Well, it's gonna take at least one episode.
2: Awesome. So, do we do the clip show?
3: Oh got this
2: book. Yeah. I'm a pirate, matey!
3: Ghost of ancient times, powers! ACTUATE! The Swarm Pass Podcast is recorded, edited, and mixed at gravy Jones' Locker, somewhere near the river in Columbia, South Carolina. On this show, we talk about table of name, random founder, and general geekery. A painted express show off? Hey, I'm a pilot, mate! I'm the ghost of ancient times. Your sneeze and a run And now sit right back as we delve into our fake lip show! Hello there! Ghosts of ancient times here! Occasionally, the hosts of the Swarmcast would play and review RPGs that had quicks start ooh! They'd explore the good, the bad, and he has the other spooky aspects of his game. Why, who could forget this classic one from back in the day when the game bit off perhaps a bit more than they could chew? Partner,
0: why don't I pour you a sarsaparilla? It's about high noon here in the Swan Saloon. Never mean only one thing. It's about time for a quick draw. Bang, bang,
3: bang. Bang, bang, bang,
4: So hey guys, John here with Ruby. Ruby. Yay. How's it going, Ruby?
3: It's going pretty good.
4: So once again, we are doing another quick start that is for two players. In this case, one GM and one player. We did, this is our third,
5: third, yeah. third one
4: of these we've done so far because we did Scarlet Heroes and then we did uh, Cthulhu Confidential. Mm -hmm. which was a gumshoe uh, one to one or one-on-one, I don't remember.
6: One-two-one. One-two-one.
4: Yeah. This time we're going to be doing a quick start called DC Adventures Quick Start. It is based off of the Mutants and Masterminds system. Um, It's also got its own just book, DC Adventures, put out by Green Ronin. And, And the basic gist of this, as you can imagine, is DC superheroes or just... If you're doing regular mutants and mastermind, it's superheroes. And this particular quick start uh, is interesting because there was actually three of them available on Green Ronin's website: two for the DC adventures, one for mutants and masterminds. The two DC superheroes one are either you're going to have Superboy at the county fair fighting against Knockout, which is the one we played. Correct. For those of you unfamiliar with Knockout, uh, go check her out on Wikipedia because <laughs> I didn't know who the heck she was either. Um, <laughs> the other one is Batman versus Bane, which we did not play, but we yeah, kind of yeah. we kind of looked through it and glanced over. it After this, mm-hmm. um, and the other one is the Mutants and Masterminds one, which is the Rook versus uh, the Pack Rat, which is written and plays out very similar to the Bane and Batman one.
5: Okay, I didn't look at that one at all.
4: Well, you looked at the Bane and Batman one, right. and I looked at all of them, and trust me, you've seen them. You've pretty much seen them. <laughs> So let's see. So as a GM, this took very little time at all. This was like a nine-page quick start, and about two
5: of them were characters.
4: Two of two of the sheets were characters. Uh, three of the sheets were pretty much advertisements for DC Adventures <laughs> and Mutants and Masterminds, and the rest of and there was maybe about three pages or so of, of actual rules. Um, so
5: you didn't spend a lot of time.
4: Yeah, I did. I really didn't spend a lot of time. It took maybe about half an hour or so to kind of read through it and go, oh, okay, I see how this goes. And then I I'd probably spend another five minutes or so just refreshing myself on it when we actually finally sat down to to play it.
5: Okay, that's that's pretty good.
4: Yeah. So, uh, Ruby, what'd you think of... <laughs> what'd you think of the... <laughs> he of the laughs character?
5: knowing what I'm about to say.
4: Well, what, what'd you think about... Let's talk about these character sheets first and then we'll talk about the the actual adventure itself.
5: Okay. Uh, so... It's nice if you don't know anything about the DC character, like Superboy. Um, I made a joke because John chose to do, do the Superboy Superboy Knockout one. I was like, "Oh, you're just being sexist! I gotta play the chick character." He's like, "No, no, no, that's what the GM gets to play. Yeah. You get to choose Superboy."
1: Right.
0: <laughs> so,
5: so, um. But anyway, what I was saying is it's nice if you're not familiar with the character. They actually give you a about two, two and a half paragraph blurb that kind of explains the gist of the character in the background. Gives you just enough information that you could, you could do something with it. Um, the character sheet personally, I think, is... Most of it I don't think is useful. Most of it looks like, hey, I built my character. This is how many points I have. This is, you know, it's point salad for the character creation portion of it. Uh But there was parts of it that I really liked. They have this offensive and defensive block, which basically takes all of the modifiers so you don't have to go to the three right. different sections and say oh well i have this i have x y and z which should I equal up to omega you know
4: right yeah yeah this because this game the the basics of the system is you take two values usually an attribute and a skill or something and you add them together and then that's what you're adding to a d20 role and like ruby was saying um, instead of them making you fish around for all that, they said, here's all your offensive stats, which have all those numbers already added together. Right. So that was pretty cool.
5: Um, the other thing that I am going to mention here is on the character sheet, they give you a complications section, uh-huh. which I think if you were making a real character and you weren't using this particular quick start, things, those types of things and the powers, it would be a better
1: i
4: agree it's i agree
5: but for this basically one-on-one quick start the complications were just kind of useless there was no real reason for them other than possibly getting points back to make the character
4: yeah this this character sheet just like some of the ones we've seen for other games Mm -hmm. does a lot of stuff where it it shows you everything like if you had the full game the rest of this character sheet would make more sense.
5: sense. Right. Um, there's no real descriptions of anything. It's like I said. It's a lot of numbers, and they give you some uh-huh. minor descriptions on like the powers and stuff. But for the most part, that's it's it's things like all right, his super strength, enhanced strength three, limiting the lifting.
4: Yeah, three points. Yeah.
5: it's things like that. So it doesn't really give you. I mean, super strength was a bad example, but
4: <laughs> well, <sighs> and then you you had these things called advantages, and what we noticed was at least on the Superboy and Knockout ones, mm-hmm. the advantages you had the name, but they were it really didn't it didn't tell you what the advantages actually meant.
5: Right, and there you were certain, look through the rest of
0: them. Yeah,
4: style. I had to look through the other ones, uh, the the Batman and Bane one, and the Rook versus pack rat one actually has some of the same ones, but they actually go into, they actually have descriptions of how those advantages actually work.
5: I do have a question. Did mm-hmm. all three of these come in one pack or were they each individual?
4: That is an excellent question. They were each individual files. Okay. Um, the two DC ones there were right there on the, the DC adventures segment of their, their page. And the mutants and mastermind one was on the mutants and mastermind section, but, but they were all kind of interlinked together. So there really wasn't a lot of fishing around or hunting to try to find those things.
5: Okay. But it's not like, oh, here's three of them. We wrote them all together. No. So it's they were all differently, separately. Correct. Their own separate entity. So it wasn't like, oh, you've got all three of these files. Yeah. Okay. We'll just print this, this one ability in one place and we won't bother.
4: No, it certainly wasn't. Okay. okay. So they could have improved the Superboy knockout one by if they had followed the the um the sort of pattern that they had with the other ones where on those advantages and stuff that they just put a, that one little sentence, that one little blurb that kind of told you mm-hmm. what those things did. There were a few examples in the actual uh, air quotes adventure mm-hmm. that was with this that, that hinted <laughs> at to what some of these do. I say air quotes because at least this one, the adventure is uh, Superboy shows up and then Knockout shows up and tries to fight him.
5: No, no. Superboy is there for a public appearance for the fair.
4: Right, right. So you get you get a chance to kind of RP and ham it up, you know, what Superboy showing off at the Smallville County Fair. Right. And then Knockout basically doing the supervillain thing where she throws something at him and says, let's, let's fight. fight. <laughs> um which is, is pretty much That's, what she does because yeah. she's just there to pick a fight. <laughs> she's got an interesting background um, for what they give you on this. And, yeah, she's just there to pick a fight. <laughs> so did we feel like this gave us an, a better idea of the setting and overall, you know, uh, superhero-ness, I guess, in this case, of this particular game? Uh... I mean, I think it played fast.
5: It didn't play fast
4: for a superhero game. Playing fast, I think, goes a long way towards it.
6: Yeah,
4: it, it lended itself more to just um, instead of you just you could have sat there and go, "Well, I punch her," and I go, "Well, she punches you." We could have gone back for just doing that, but we were actually more encouraged to embellish, and we were able to resolve this fight without having to. Just have it be a punch, 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 punch. In fact, you beat her by by wrapping steel girders around her, essentially, and hauling her off to the authorities.
5: <laughs> After whisking away the innocent bystanders. That's right. To you safety.
4: rescued some some innocent bystanders. So you uh, got, we
5: treated a few insults too.
4: That's true. The first I was joking the first time is like, oh, this is this is how this fight's gonna go. She's just gonna keep taunting you, intimidating you, and you're just gonna keep taunting her yeah. until somebody just gives up crying or something. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Um, I enjoy comics and superhero comics and things like that. I've never been a huge DC fan, so I don't know a lot about DC. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as the system goes, I think the blurb gave you just kind of enough to say, okay, this is the idea of a character. Right. Um, The system seems simple enough. If I had maybe read what... You know, you you told me the rules in all honesty, and it's it's right. An attribute plus skill is your number for the most part. But there were things like hero points and that you could spend to
4: change your role. Right. basically, and, yeah, give you a reroll on that d20.
5: I guess what I'm saying from this quick start, it takes a lot to, uh, it takes a lot for me to be interested in a superhero role, superhero role playing game to begin with. As far as this quick start goes, I'm not really interested in it. Not just because it's DC, I would be even. I wouldn't be as interested in it if it was Marvel, even. Okay. Uh, from this quick start, basically the setup and the other two, you're basically trading punches. It's right. one combat scene essentially. Yeah.
4: So so essentially, this so, took us maybe half an hour to, to yeah. play. Yeah, and that
5: was going over the rules with me and playing it. Right. And so. me stumbling at the beginning, like I don't know, Superboy's a Teenage boy and some hot chicken spandex
4: who likes to flirt just showed up? Right, right. Um Well what do you think's gonna happen? Okay. Right. Um Admit, but- yeah, you don't you didn't get to there's you don't get to do like a whole like a uh, comic books worth of, right. of actual stuff in there. This right. is, this is, if this was the book, this would be like the
5: center, the center page fight scene.
4: Yeah. Or maybe the thing at the very beginning where, you know, the, yeah. the D list person shows up and he beats, he defeats them. And then you find out, you know, I wonder why, why did she, why up? did she just show up right. there? You know, what sort of darker plot am I going to have to try to.
5: Right. Um, unravel. So it wasn't, it was not a terribly interesting quick start for me. Okay. Um, overall. Uh, I would be willing to give the whole system a shot.
4: Uh-huh.
5: Uh, maybe creating your own character. So I guess more mutants and mastermind. Okay. Because I don't know the difference between the DC. See, this doesn't really give me enough information to see based, the difference between the masters right, of and, and the DC universe. And
4: based stuff. based off of what I saw looking at the quick start for the DC one versus the, the quick start for the Mutants and Mastermind it looks like it's primarily setting is is the difference
5: well that's what i'm getting at i yeah. don't see why i would buy or want to play the DC, DC adventures. adventures as opposed to just playing yeah
4: unless Mutant you were mastermind. just well yeah unless you were a DC fan right which you're not so uh, if you were just generic superhero person then right mutants and mastermind probably the best way to go
5: because I was going to say, I was like, well, maybe if it wasn't set in the DC universe, but I was like, but there is a whole system for that. So.
4: Right, right, right. All right. So you kind of gave me the answer which of whether whether, question. whether or not you'd be willing to give the, the full game a try. Um, I'd be interested to, to see how it compares to other games like like uh, Merg, <laughs> or, which is the Marvel Universal role-playing game or the old Marvel Face phase, phase Rip game uh-huh. system or the um what was that one heroes champions
1: champions wow.
4: um, that was definitely i got ima- yeah, based off of what uh, i've seen of the size of of the Mutants the and masters of mind book versus the heroes books yeah. i i got to imagine this one wins out on just sheer lack of breaking your back trying to carry it
5: <laughs> <laughs> well it also looks like it's less math you don't have to know you know right. algebra
4: Right. And but um it also kinda doesn't really tell me like well how robust a right a system are we talking about here. Correct.
5: I this is not one of those games that I will never I say, no, this quick start totally turned me off like
4: How do we always Eclipse Phase?
5: That? I don't I have okay. zero interest in eclipse
4: phase, period. Because of that yeah. Because well, we of have, that quick start. And eventually we'll we'll try out their their second edition Correct. quick start. Correct. Give that a shake, see how that works.
5: This is just a eh if if my gaming group wanted to give it a shot, I would, but I'm not gonna suggest it or go out of my way. Okay.
4: Oh, and I will say uh, to our listeners again, this is like an eight-page thing right. for two players. If you just want to quickly get into it and see it how just, like the combat and some basics of it work, it's not bad.
5: It doesn't grab my attention enough, and it already has fair to be, enough for being a superhero game. It has a pretty high bar that it needs to grab my attention from.
4: Right. This and and yeah, this would would kind of like if you be if you had a uh, Dungeons and Dragons Quick Start, which was uh you walk into a room with an orc. Fight. Right. It's it's pretty much that. <laughs> so again, we were talking about DC Adventures and, and Mutants, Mutants and Masterminds Quick Start uh from Green Ronin Publishing. And I was able to get this off of Green Ronin's website. I want to say the Mutants and Masterminds one is also available on DriveThruRPG.
0: Nice.
1: Podcast
0: at
3: gmail.com of ancient times here again Boy, that was a crazy memory from the past, right? Sometimes the SCPC crew would have somebody on the show. And sometimes those guests would make us all think. And that's when greetings would take a nose die. Let's look now back to a classic episode. Where the hosts had really important guests on. And a bit more than they could chew.
4: Swarmcast Podcast brings you games from around the world. So hey there, Swarmcasters. Thanks for thanks for not turning off the uh, the podcast or switching to a different one at this time. I, I truly appreciate that. Um, I know you guys wouldn't anyways. If you made it this far... It's because we love you. That's right. Or- so, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby's shaking her head. So, hey, I have with me right here, I have Calvin. Hey, Calvin, how's hey, it going? Hey,
2: pretty good, pretty good. How's it
4: going? Uh, not too bad. Thanks for thanks for stopping by to hang out with us for this. Dad. And uh, we got Ruby over here on the mic.
5: Hey, folks, how you doing?
4: And we've also got another special guest. Uh, we've got uh, Christian Waters with Osprey Publishing. Hello. Um, okay, just for my FYI, is it Osprey Publishing or Osprey Games?
7: Well, that's a complicated question, but the simple answer is Osprey Games. <laughs> okay. okay. We also do books. <laughs> right. We do, right. We do lots of stuff.
4: Uh, I was going to say, I, I see, yeah, if you go to Osprey's website, there's, there's stuff. There's all sorts of stuff.
7: <laughs> Military history, war games, uh-huh. war games.
4: <laughs> books on uh, mythology and such, too. Yep. Yeah. 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 We were looking at the books, and, and Ruby was going, "You know, this series right here looks like it'd be pretty cool to just read." And I was like, "Wait, what game is that?" She's like, "It's not a game.
2: <laughs> no, it's
4: just, it's just books." <laughs> right. Uh, so, so Christian, what do, what is your what is your role with
7: no oh, I'm with I'm, the, uh, I'm the marketing guy in the U.S. We're actually based out of uh, Oxford, England, which mm-hmm. is where all like the design and everything is done. But I, I handle the marketing and the u.s and i'm sort of like mr osprey over here at conventions and things like that
4: oh cool so if we if we go to a convention and osprey is there we're, we're nine times Wait out of to ten me.
5: huh
7: yeah
4: we're nine times That'll out of ten that's seeing you there okay
7: yeah yeah they didn't get <laughs> to talk ten, 10 out of 10 times actually. Ten. Uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> 11
4: the, the, times out of 10 yeah. maybe
5: the folks I sent to see you at Origins <laughs> this year said every time they went, you were in a meeting or busy, so... Well,
7: yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the problem with being understaffed, but that's okay. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. We have to make our own funny voices here.
4: That's right. <laughs> I can't hire funny voices. They every,
2: have to... every time I need a funny voice, I just get Brooklyn to talk. <laughs>
4: uh, that's 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 his daughter. Uh, yes, that way. would be my daughter. Uh, she sounds kind of like... High-pitched
1: or Stitch. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> or a combination of Lilo and Stitch. Right. <laughs>
5: so one of the reasons that you came to my attention in particular is um, I was interested in uh, some of your board games. One of them that about two years ago you actually donated to the Scarab Board Game Library. And the play to win uh, at Scarab was, and I'm going to murder the name. The Ravens of, Ravens
7: of Three like... Sahashri.
5: Yes, <laughs> I like how yeah.
4: he. I like how he knew. <laughs> yeah. As right. you were getting ready to say it.
5: Right, um, <laughs> that that was one of the games in particular, and we lucked out and we got a copy of it, and it is in our board game library, and it, it's been very popular in our board game library, even oh, though it's a just a two player game. Um, I I made my husband yeah. play it like three or four times. You before. made
1: me play it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was yeah. great. We we did actually did you win? <laughs>
4: did uh, you get to the end? I think we won. Uh, I think we won once out once. of
8: four. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: It's fun. It it's, was close. It's, it's a little tough, but oh, it's fun. Yeah.
8: Yes.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm,
8: yeah.
2: I'm intrigued.
5: I've played it probably six or seven times now and it's only been that once and I think maybe we weren't doing the rules right
7: is why right. we won. During, during that right. first
5: couple right. of times, right. I think, yeah. yeah.
7: So, when I've we... played that game probably a dozen times and I'm still not sure I'm playing it right. <laughs>
1: yeah.
7: But it's... I love it because it's a game about... You know the theme is dreaming, and it's right. really you're like it's like being in a dream. You're not sure what's going on. Right. Um, you're trying to like communicate through these cards. It's great. Right. Well, it's, you it's can't a, actually directly talk
5: game. to your partner that you're playing with. The only way that you can communicate, and he can get an idea of what he should do or shouldn't do, is by how you move the cards on the tableau on the table. Yep.
4: Wow. It's got a neat little replayability. Yeah. To it. Because the game, uh, you unlock right envelope different, of... uh, a different challenge to it right. when you're playing it. Like, if you beat it the first time, mm-hmm. you open up this envelope and it gives tells you, you well, I'll play it again, but with these additional twists.
2: Right. Oh, I see.
5: And it's a very cute box and the art is nice and the, yeah. the cards have a very good feel to them.
7: Yeah. So. I, I tell you, when I'm, at a, when I'm at a convention and somebody wants me to demo that game, I'm, I'm like, it, it can't be demoed. Here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Take this game, go <laughs> yeah. play it. Yeah. If you like it, come back and give me $20. If you don't, just come back and give me the game. And I've never had anybody just give me the game. Everybody yeah. always loves it once they've played it. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Nice. So, and that game is uh, a Japanese game, uh-huh. if yes. I'm not mistaken.
7: Yeah. From mm-hmm. Kuyo. Yeah.
4: So I was wondering, because I saw... I saw that there's that Osprey also puts out a game called um, uh, Shaharazad, Uh which um, looks like it's also another Japanese game.
7: Yeah, that that one is from Japan. Oh, my God. The artwork in that is just amazing. I love it. Um,
4: Yeah. I was reading it and I was like, this one sounds amazing, too.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's fun to play. It's a it's a it's a tableau building game. Actually, I keep one on my desk when I need like a good 10 minute break between projects. I'll play it. But it's just the the, it's this kind of uh, fairy tale slash tarot themed art. And the artists I've been trying to get our children's division to use her for um, from for uh, illustrate some of their books because it's just amazing. But we you know, we get our games everywhere everywhere. uh, some of them we just straight-up commissioned. Some from, you know, the, the way that Japan works is these designers will put out, like, 200 copies of some game just to mm-hmm. catch somebody in the States, that, you know, in the West's attention. That's where we've got uh, Shahrazad and um, Ravens of Three Sahasri. We've taken uh, um, some Martin Wallace games like London and redone them. In fact, there's kind of a, a phrase in the business now about giving a game an osprey treatment because we'll take these older games like... Uh, London, which is an economics building game, or Escape from Colditz, which was this hugely popular game in the UK, where players are trying to break out of a German prison camp in World War II. Back in the '70s, it actually outsold Monopoly. Huh. Oh, yeah. Wow. And we'll <laughs> take these games, or um, Odin's Ravens, which is a two-person card-based race game. Yeah. And we'll That's we'll tweak up the rules. We'll kind of like modernize the rules. We'll redo the art and we'll re-release them in a better, what is almost certainly a better form. Mm-hmm. And like a little, I'll literally at conventions and designers will come up and it's like, can you redo my game form? You know, can, can we talk <laughs> about redoing our game? <laughs> like, can you give it the Osprey treatment? <laughs> nice.
5: <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's gotta be a good feeling to, to be kind of known in the industry for that sort of thing.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus, you know, we, we are, are actually, we were joking about the Osprey book stuff, but we, we've been in a business for almost 50 years, Mostly doing military illustrated military history, mm-hmm. and from there we did war games, and that's how we got into board games. But um, because the illustrations are so important to the publishing side, it's mm-hmm. all the aesthetics are in our DNA. So the game, our games, they're all fun to play, but they're also all visually, gorgeous. impressive. yeah, it's just gorgeous. They're head no offense to my competitors, I love them all, <laughs> but they just look our games just are head and shoulders above everybody else. They're just beautiful. I mean, in their own right they're beautiful
5: Mm -hmm. one of the other games because you mentioned a bunch of different types of games and you mentioned some wargaming Frostgrave caught my attention because I like to paint miniatures and the fact that you can take any miniature and use it in this it's kind of like a generic skirmish game I thought was really neat um, yeah. But I have a question because you know you look through your catalog and there's a lot of things with that Frostgrave title on it. What do you <laughs> actually need to start playing it? Just the base book, or is there something else that you should get along with? Just no, Frostgrave? No, no,
7: no. No. The 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 other great thing about Frostgrave is it's got a, such a low barrier to entry. All you need to play Frostgrave is the um, core book, which is twenty four ninety five. It's a hardcover. Mm-hmm. It's Frostgrave uh, Skirmish Fantasy War Game in the Frozen City. Uh huh. Two d D20s, a ruler, and figs. Any figs. I've seen the game played with Lego mini figs.
5: Nice, um, nice,
7: very cool. Yeah. You, for terrain, I mean, it's great if you have terrain, but I've played it by stacking some paperback books on a table and throwing a tablecloth over it, and I have a snow covered I have snow covered field to fight in.
4: That sounds like something um, we would do by accident. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
7: Um, Throw it over the cat. Uh, it's a moving and, hill. <laughs> and, and part of where the game came from is Joe McCullough, who designed it, has a he's like totally into minis, and like everybody else who's into minis, has got you know a box full of reapers and D and D and everything. Right. But he's like, well, how can I, I use these? And, and that's where it came. From. I mean, that's a large piece of it. Is he wanted a he wanted a game that he that was minute figure agnostic. And it really is great because you can get into it for. T- I mean, you can even find the book on discounted online, and that, bam, you're playing miniature war game. Okay. So, what are the other books then that are, are listed as Frostgrave? Are they? They are, yeah, they're campaign expansions. So, okay. um, they they do everything like take you down under them to the catacombs of the cities or explore. Uh, uh, one of them is a, like, the first one was The Rise of the Lip Lord, which is uh, a frozen. Um, wizard comes back and is trying to wreak havoc and you have to fight him. But there there's a series of campaigns and scenarios that add other elements like uh, captains to your war band, um, okay. or band. you Or know, new beasts and things. So and essentially
5: it just expands on the base Ex- game for optional yeah. things. Exactly. Well, that's interesting. I know John was curious about some other games that
4: you had. Uh-huh. So I was at a convention... Uh, in March, I want to say yes. And I saw some folks playing zoo ball, which I thought was <laughs> was was just crazy. But I don't remember those, seeing that one. Oh, it was pretty fascinating. We'll we'll talk about zoo ball in a second. Okay. But because aside from zoo ball, because I was like, well, that looks neat. And then I walked into this other room, and there's there's some guys, and uh, well, there's some some folks playing around with some, some matchbox cars that they've kind of oh. modified. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is going on here? And that's when I got introduced to Gaslands.
7: Gaslands, great Which
4: game.
5: you guys list it as a skirmish game. Well, it, it kind
7: of is. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. it's part of our, it's what we call our blue book series, Osprey War Games. They're called blue books because the covers all have are blue. Um
4: Oh, I was thinking and from a car perspective that, oh.
7: yeah, That's, that's <laughs> pretty funny too. Oh, right. You know, I never, God, there's so many puns around that book. And that's <laughs> a new one. I hadn't thought of. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, basically it's, um, it's a skirmish war game the way that, you know, like, um, X-Wing is a skirmish war game. You're, oh, it's okay. a, you know, you, you're maneuvering your cars around trying to attack and your opponents, um, but instead of you know Tie Fighters, you, you're modding up these Hot Wheels, and it's just it's another low entry game because all you need is the book, which is twenty dollars or less discounted, um, and some Hot Wheels or Matchboxes, and you know everybody's got them. I mean my my my, <laughs> my two girls who were into Hot Wheels for twenty minutes ten years ago, and I'm still finding those things under the couch. Yeah. Um, and everything else is the the or is in the book, and you like with the, you buy the book, and twenty minutes later you're you're playing a great game.
4: And, and people have gone gone uh, kind of nuts with this game and, and I mean in a good way. Yeah. They've, they've, oh yeah. They've taken a lot of these little matchbox cars or um, well, we'll file the serial number off that uh, metal cars <laughs> from a toy store and they've they've been like well I have this space marine army that's got all these extra bits what can I do with them? Oh I can put these missile launchers on, on this, this uh, 57 yeah. Chevy right here. Yeah. Throw a little dirt yeah. on it. Boom. Gas lands. <laughs> <and>
7: just like <laughs> Yeah, just like there are people who do the the mint the figs but never play the games. Right. There are people now modding up Hot Wheels who just don't play Gasland. It's like a sub <laughs> sub genre of the game. Which um, which
4: it's funny because like they have all they have this whole line of uh, the ones for Jurassic World
1: mm-hmm. that and look like
4: dinosaurs and a bunch of Star Wars themed ones and even like the little Marvel ones. Like you get the Groot truck and stuff like that. And every time we see them now, I go uh, Ruby and I go. That would be that would be good for Gaslands.
5: Yes. <laughs> well, we've never played Gaslands yet. Uh, we watched about half of a game, but you know, we still look at the figures at the mat- at the box cars and
7: like yeah. Oh, I know. Every time I'm at uh, Target or the grocery, I'm like, yeah. come here, I want to go buy the Hot Wheels. My <laughs> mind, you know, just oh yeah, I could really mod that one up, great. Yeah. Yeah.
4: We were watching one of the Death Race movies, and it was like, uh-huh. "Yeah, Gaslands. Yeah. <laughs> this is Gaslands."
7: Yeah. But it, it's also in its own right; it's a great, great war, war game because it's just—it's very fast. You know, you have About like a team of like six cars, and it's just—it's mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you know, it's kind of controlled fun mayhem.
5: About how long does a game usually take?
7: Yeah, it on how many people are playing. Around twenty to forty-five minutes. That's actually not oh, bad for wow. a skirmish game. Yeah, that's in all not honesty. bad at all. Yeah, no. Nah. You don't nah, have to spend the
5: whole afternoon.
7: No, 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 no. Also, you don't need like you know, fifty cars or whatever. You just, I think it's like you know five, four to six, and you're, mm-hmm. you're you're playing. It's great.
4: You get to show them off too. Mm-hmm. Every, I th- a yeah. lot of each car is going to be pretty unique in that whole lineup is what it seems like. Yeah.
5: right? When I was asking the people playing the game um, they were like yeah and he, he was super excited talking about yeah there's this whole community online you know the, 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 the templates and
7: the specialized
5: dice and, and how to do figure stuff and I'm like okay cool
7: great. Yeah there is. I mean there's like a whole sort of like sub Etsy around the dice and the, <laughs> yeah. <turn>, the maneuver <laughs> templates. But, but all of that's also in the book. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, you don't have to have any of that stuff if you don't want. There's paper right. templates in the book that you can just Xerox and or take a, make a copy of and cut out on paper. But, you know, of course, it's, that's what we all, of course, see that and then want something better. <laughs>
5: right, right. <laughs> we all have to make the game our own. In one way or another, right,
7: right, exactly. I'll tell you that game has sold. That's probably one of the best-selling things we've ever published.
4: Huh? Yeah. So, I think I read that that did that game come out of uh, Australia. Is that what I I think I read somewhere?
7: No, no, no. He's uh, Mike Hutchinson. This is in the UK. Okay. All right. No, that's you probably fine. Th- you're probably mixing Mad Max in there I probably am
5: <laughs> We've been doing a lot of game stuff Getting ready for the convention yeah.
7: in January <laughs> in. Keep mine straight I don't know how you yeah. keep it all right. straight
4: yeah. Oh wow well. I told you I was going to say something Something really?
0: stupid It yeah. no, so wasn't stupid <laughs> at all Trust me
5: Calvin there was one that you were going to ask about The Wildlands wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I'm looking at it and it's it's a miniature game too, but but it's
7: a board similar game. Similar to game? yeah, yeah, it's our it's our first boxed miniatures game, and it's a board game in that you're you're playing on a literally on a board. It's mm-hmm. a two sided board. You're it's a dungeon on one side and a a, a wrecked castle on the the other. It's uh, you get twenty figs in the box. There's four factions. And, uh, you play the, the, the play mechanism isn't around like dice or anything like that. You're actually managing cards that, um, let you do various actions like attack or parry or get into cover or move and pick up your, the goal is to either kill, get five, the goal is to get five points either by killing your opponents or by picking up crystal shards. Um, and it's done by Martin Wallace, who if you know, he's kind of like Mr. Euro games, the guy who did brass and. London and honestly when I first when my editorial people first told me about the game. I was like uh, I'm sorry what Martin Wallace is doing a a, a skirmish (laughs) miniatures game? What what do you have to do you have to pay like a tax every time I want to attack somebody? Um But I got to tell you it is Great because yes, because it's Martin Wallace. There's a ton of strategy in there Uh You have to manage your cards you have to you know Like for instance if I'm gonna if I was gonna attack an opponent I'm gonna I'm gonna play a lot of the cards in my hand which is great, but on the other hand, by doing that, I'm weakening myself. So I have to be careful. For instance, that I'm not in the attack. I'm not opening myself up to another attack. At court, I can coordinate my movements across all of the, my characters on the board, um, and the figures themselves. I wish I, you know, I wish I could show them to you. These beautiful ink wash figs that paint up gorgeously too. You can just, Ooh. I mean, right out of the box, <laughs> they're beautiful. But if you want to paint them, they're great. Totally got my attention there. Um, and and honestly, you know, my problem with, with wargaming is that I don't want to spend four hours learning the rules, and I don't want to have to spend $4,000 yeah. on, you know, all these right, figs. And right. I, it, it, you'll learn the rules in 15 minutes, um, and in fact, Rodney had Watch It played has a great video on it, too. You'll be playing in 15 minutes, and the it this, once you finish, finished, you're going to see nuances of strategy that are going to make you want to play again. It's great.
4: Oh, that's very cool. So, as as far yeah. as the, because yeah, I've been looking at the the miniatures. The miniatures do look really pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's the scale on those guys? You Can better I, be
7: careful. <laughs> I, I might make you 20, buy it. Yeah, twenty-eight. Ooh. Twenty-eight millimeter. Yeah, you know, you would ask me that. I think they're like oh. twenty-eight. <laughs> Are they
5: comparable to Reaper figures?
4: as far as the
7: scale yeah i would say so okay, okay.
5: yeah then that's yeah, yeah they call yeah, it yeah, the yeah. That's, 25 millimeter right. yeah. heroic which is 20, really 28
4: right okay. <laughs> yeah
7: okay. yeah
4: the 25 uh, millimeter heroic, which
7: is 28 each of the factions balance each other off you know one of them are, they're they're fairly if they're each character is, is kind of weak but if together if you and they together if you work them together they use range weapons really well but if you if they get near an opponent they're dead so you really have to play them differently than the lawgivers who are very um, a little more balanced versus the pit fighters who are just punch will just kill you uh, with punches it's you know it's it's a lot of fun
4: huh okay that that sounds like it i i'm intrigued by the the fact that it doesn't take long to uh, i'm intrigued to get by it the into figures.
2: it I'm also intrigued yeah, by the figures. Yeah, I, I really may, like the figs. I may have a They're thing really for nice. figures as well.
4: But but it's good to know that there's a an actual a game there, right? What other than just uh, other than just <laughs> other than just, <laughs> than just there's a bunch of figures in this box because I, yeah. I think we've all been there before at some point. Uh, right?
5: As I look over at our wall of miniatures <laughs> that <laughs> are half painted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all right. Osprey Publishing does a lot of different things. Uh, you do books, yep. you do board games, you do card games, you do wargaming. What do you think is your favorite game or thing that Osprey does? What's your pet project My, or your 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 thing that you're really yep. gung ho about?
7: My favorite game that we do is this great hidden movement, hidden identity game called Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. Um, and uh, actually, we do the Ultimate edition because it, we gave it the Osprey treatment But the idea is that you <laughs> and your opponents are trapped on a space station half of you are aliens ha- trying to infect the other half Which are humans that mm-hmm. nobody knows who's who and what's what okay, so it's one of those games where you get to lie your ass off <laughs> um, Because if you move into certain hexes, you're gonna draw a card and depending on the card you will either be it, you'll either have to you'll say something like silence sector You know or which doesn't give away much information You'll have to truthfully say where you are for instance noise in sector K9, but because nobody's seen the card We don't know if you're lying or not (laughs) Third card could be you can say any sector so you could be in K9 and say yeah noise in sector M9 so when I play for instance I, I keep track of where I really am and where I'm lying about being.
1: Okay. The,
9: the oh board, wow. And it comes with
7: yeah, it comes with these dry erase maps. There's eight map sets in the box and eight maps in each in each set. Um and it's just it's, it's really tense. I mean it's kind of like aliens the board game quote unquote. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I almost just explain most of the rules. That's how easy it is to play.
1: Okay. Oh, uh, wow.
7: And you just like half the game is like wait where are you where am i who are you and then once the aliens start to attack because once you attack you say well like attacking an alien could say attack into sector 4g well now i know you're an alien <laughs> so by the other half of the game it does become clear who's aliens and who's not and the humans are just trying to run to the escape pods to get out before the aliens can hunt them down
9: okay
1: is it's...
4: that is that point in the movie where they go oh no uh calvin's an alien <laughs> right. this whole time right we've got to get
7: Probably. out of here now yeah. and you also get the like calvin i'm sure i know you're over there but why can't i hunt you down and by the end of the game it's like cause calvin will say well i wasn't over in there i was actually way over here <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know i lied well enough to throw you off but you silly any human. Game where you get to no. attack your opponents and lie about it is just great to me not not um,
2: that i can lie
7: uh-huh. i love that game it just kicks ass huh
5: Right, and which one was that again? It was aliens.
7: It's called Escape from the Aliens and Outer Space. Oh,
5: he pulls it up. Yeah, Escape from the Aliens and Outer Space.
7: Yeah, Escape from the Aliens in
2: Outer Space. Ultimate, outer ultimate space.
7: Edition. Right. Okay. And see, that's that's actually a perfect example of the Osprey treatment because the the first edition was it was a print essentially it was a print and play. You got an envelope full of paper, the maps. Okay. So oh, we nice. we re, you know we tweaked up the art, made it into dry erase mapped boards, put in uh, dry erase pens and an eraser, made these beautiful cards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, the, 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 my editorial guys, the guys who actually do commission this stuff, they live and breathe board games. I mean, <laughs> they bleed cardboard.
5: Uh, so I think when we were talking just slightly before the interview, uh, you mentioned that coming up this summer you have some new projects coming up.
7: So... Yeah, we have. We're going to launch our first true RPGs. Oh. Now, Frostgrave has a little bit of an RPG element into it, in that you build a warband of a wizard and apprentice and some soldiers, and mm-hmm. you can actually take them across campaigns. So if your wizard dies, you can promote your apprentice and things like that. But it's not a true RPG. Okay. We're actually going to um, come out with a series of three. We're going to launch with three RPGs. Um, one's called Paleomythic. And it's kind of prehistoric. We're going to do another one set in um, Arthurian. What well, is essentially Arthurian Britain. Okay. And I can't really tell you about the third one just, just yet, just but those okay. are going to be our first true RPGs, uh-huh. which we're really, really excited about. I'm really, really excited about.
5: We are all very much RPG fans here. Um, that's probably was my my first introduction into gaming per yeah, se. Yeah. Me too.
1: So,
4: do you think you guys are going to put out a? Um, any a quick start version of any of these?
7: Um, they're actually that's that's more be... that's
4: more for me than a.
7: <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're. I'll be very honest with you. I have not. I haven't seen them editorially. Like, I have not played them.
4: Okay. Uh uh-huh.
7: Um, but my but they're not like, they're not. We're actually starting on a on a. How do I say this? At a more narrow scale, they're not huge like grandiose mm-hmm. things. It's going to be fairly quick to get into.
4: Okay.
5: All right. So they're going to be simple, easy yeah. RPGs. They're okay. not necessarily yeah. going to be larger, uh, yeah.
4: bulky. <laughs> okay, right. that's that's fine. That sounds great. Uh,
5: I'm excited. Uh, I'll be looking out for that one. Heck yeah. One. yeah. Or, no, I, no, I think no, the Arthurian no.
4: one sounds interesting oh, to me. Oh, see, I'm thinking Paleo Mythic. Really?
5: Okay.
7: Yeah. I'm a natural history guy, so I'm looking forward to I'm <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking up at this.
2: One that he was just mentioning. So which, <laughs> which one? Which one? The 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 aliens in outer space. One. Oh, oh, you're I, back on the board. Game. On the- yeah, I'm stuck on the board <laughs> games because that yeah. looks so I could really see, interesting.
4: I could see that one going off really well at like a con. Yeah. You know?
5: Well, uh, the, like a game like Ultimate Werewolf is very popular at conventions these days. So uh, I can see where the alien escape from aliens. This, this sounds
4: like a, a a much more yeah interestingly involved. <laughs> version
2: yeah. of that. Yeah.
5: Hmm.
4: Maybe.
2: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it happens. Maybe. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you know, you just have to talk to me. I'm the one scheduling the board games. There so. we
2: go. <laughs>
4: we'll totally do that. So there was, because um, I know, I know, Wildlands is is pretty much one of your your big ones that's out yeah. right now. Um, yep. But if you don't want. To get a bunch of miniatures and stuff like that, there is another one, uh, at least one other that's that's really big out right now, like what's a, that? a fairly newish one called Cryptid, uh, oh, which, yes. which I was I was looking at and I was kind of intrigued by that. So what's what's the deal with Cryptid? It's got a <laughs> cryptid, it's got an interesting yeah, little right. picture of a of a Loch Ness like
2: monster lockness, type thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. It was Loch Ness monster of some sort. Uh,
7: crypt, cryptid is is a is one hundred proof. Deduction game. If you like deduction games, if you like puzzly games, games that makes your brain itch, this is the game for you. It's stripped down. It's nothing but pure logic. Hmm. The idea is that huh. you're, you, yeah. It's um, and I, I mean I love like crossword puzzles and riddles and stuff like this. So this this is I love this game. But the the idea is that uh, hidden on the board somewhere there's a cryptid, a monster, and it's and you have to deduce what it is from some clues. So the way the way it works is that there's a deck of cards. Or uh, a, something on the, lot, on the web you can look up. You, you pull that card, it shows you how to put the six um, board pieces together in a certain orientation and order. They all have hexes on them. And on that card, it will point, each player gets a clue book, and then each player will be assigned a clue number. So my clue might be the cryptid is within three spaces of bear country. Your clue might be the cryptid is within one space of a uh, standing structure, or the cryptid is either in um, forest or a desert. So there's uh, Every-
5: pictures, or is it cards, or a full board, or?
1: or-
7: it's a the, it's a full board of hexes with okay. certain things that you put on. Like there's little figures for uh, standing structures okay. that would do it, and then everybody's clues will resolve down to one particular hex. Huh. Okay, So the way the game goes is that you take, you go around, and I would say, um, Ruby, according to the clue you have, could the cryptid be in this space here? And you would answer truthfully, yes, it could be, or no, it couldn't be. If you say no, I, have, I put a little cube down. You put a cube down in that text, and I put one down too, because you give me a little mm-hmm. information, I give you a little information. Ah, and I'm what so, you're okay. really trying to do is suss out like, what everybody else's clues are, because once I know everybody else's clues you can kind of then diagram the board in your head about where the cryptid is. And so is it
5: competitive or cooperative?
7: No, 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 it's t- it's highly competitive. Okay. Yeah, And in fact, there's, you can actually try to mislead people. You can't lie. The one rule of the game is you can't out and not lie, but you can, if somebody, you know, you might- Doesn't word the um, question correctly. Well, the, yeah, but also I could, I, I might ask you if a cryptid could be someplace to try to throw you off to where I think it could, where I think it might be.
4: Okay. Ah, so that were you're like, hmm, I think Christian thinks that it's over there,
7: right? Yep, yep, yep. And it's there's just nothing extraneous about it. It's not like once I find it, I have to roll dice to get to it, to get to some place first or something like that. It, it really is just it's it's just working through the logic and the deduction based on how people are uh, playing the board. Um, hmm. If you loved, if you like deduction games, you'll go crazy over this game. Okay. It's great.
4: That sounds like a fun one to try. Out.
7: Yeah.
5: Well, is there anything else you want to talk about <laughs> from Osprey publishing? Hey, I killed the conversation. You, I got to restart it. it. I
4: was gonna say you, you, bro- you broke my might yeah. brain at that time. <laughs>
7: <laughs> well, well, there is actually one other thing you you guys might might be interested in. Um, we in February we're coming out with a Judge Dread game. Uh,
1: oh
5: yeah yeah that's that is
7: the one I have pulled up on my phone right now oh <laughs> yeah I made you <laughs> go to
2: wildlands earlier yeah it's
7: it's, yeah. it's actually based on one of our best-selling games the uh the lost expedition which is a um, adventure game uh, by pierce sylvester you lay out cards and you're trying to lead your uh you and your you and your friends are um, trying to get through the Amazon jungle to the lost city of El Dorado. but in the Judge Dread version, you're trying to get to a guy named Max Danger before the bad guys do. And it can be played uh, co-op, it can, it can be played competitively, or it can be played solo. Um, solo? Comp-
5: that's interesting.
7: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, and it's and the thing is, that it plays all three versions beautifully, which is really rare in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing co-op, then what it is is everybody's trying to make the best decisions because the way it goes, you're dealing out these cards, these what they call event cards, and it could be everything from you're attacked by mutants to dealing with radiation. And if you play this card this way, you can advance, but if you play it another way, you can get, for instance, extra food, and everybody has to come to make the decisions together around it. But the uh, we worked very, very closely with the Judge Dead creator, so much so that the game... Fits perfectly into the Dread hmm. universe, and, and and in fact, it's all you could almost be canon. And the 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 <laughs> the, uh, the, the instruction sheet actually starts with the Dr- Judge Dread comics setting up the game. Oh nice. wow! Oh, yeah. that'd be great. That's yeah, great. We're really, now, that one's really gonna be so. Great.
5: That one's coming out. Are you doing it as sometime a in February?
7: Or... No, it's coming in February.
5: Okay, so it's in production, yeah. and it'll yeah. be available to purchase in February. Yes.
2: The predicted date is the twenty-first. Oh,
7: <laughs> it'll, it'll it'll be the twenty-first.
5: <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Uh,
4: so we've been we've been talking with you about a bunch of board games, yeah, and, and card games, and even some skirmish games. But I know that that uh, from from looking that Osprey also does um, game-wise a lot of uh, war games as well. Yes. So um, and, and we do have some lis- We do have we listeners do. who who that's more their their purview is the different war games and such. So what type of um, what type of war games do you guys have? Because it looks well, like it's kind of all over the place, too.
5: Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we really... You're a very no, eclectic company.
7: Yes. It's, we don't <laughs> think of ourselves as like we only do war games or these type of board games. Um, we have the Blue Book series, like I said. Those are... And that ranges from every... They're usually figure agnostic, and they range from everything from... Um, a Fistful of Kung Fu, which is uh, war gaming and, you know, like around the the, like the Kung Fu movies to do more historically accurate things like the Pikeman's Lament, which is, okay. um, yeah, you know, like 1600s uh, war. Then we also do standalone series. We have Frostgrave. We have one. We have this really great one, uh, Weird Western, called... Uh, um, Dracula's America. Uh, Drac- Dracula He's overthrown the government. He's overthrown the Lincoln administration, taking control of America. And all of these different factions, everything from supernatural Indian tribes to um, undead Confederate soldiers, are all fighting it out for, to control the uh, states. Um,
5: so. Just as an aside here, why is it all the Weird West sort of stuff always takes place during Lincoln's time? Lincoln, yeah. the vampire hunter movie, <laughs> Deadlands, you know.
8: Why is it that?
5: I mean, I, mean, I get it, but it's always Lincoln.
4: Wild Wild West Wild Wild West wasn't during uh Lincoln. There are so many things you oh, don't know about don't President Lincoln. About <laughs> yeah. There's so much you don't know about President Lincoln.
7: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Continue <laughs> on, continue on. Um, <laughs> we're doing one in, uh, next year on, um, uh, basically any, any the French and Indian war, the, and, uh, the revolutionary war. Um, okay. uh, we've even done, we've done war games set in prohibition and, you know, called mad dogs and guns. Um, huh. It's what we find interesting, what we think is a great game mechanic, and actually, you know, we have uh, we're doing a we're launching a big new series called Ragnarok in uh, April, um, which is uh, wargaming in like Viking times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of like super uh, around Viking mythology.
5: Yeah. the two you, types you of you had me at Ragnarok. Yeah, the two types of, <laughs> of mythologies that I really like are Greek and Viking. Yeah. So. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I'm so that's that's Japanese
4: why that's why you like too. watching me play God of War all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. I
1: gotcha.
7: Yeah. So <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because the people who do know us from the military history always assume our games are going to be about military history, and they're they're really not. We're, what we look for is good subjects and good gameplay.
5: Game uh, yeah, your your catalog is very diverse, and mm. that's not even talking about the actual publishing books. You know, the the stories. That's just the games.
7: We even do. We even have some uh, f- um, fiction, some novels and short story collections built around Frostgrave. Yeah. So, Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we're we we're trying everything.
4: Yeah. Yeah. that's very cool. Yeah.
5: Well, did you have anything else you wanted to ask him, Calvin?
2: No, no. We we got to the uh, to the two that I was looking looking at, And okay. and, and, and opened up my uh, eyes to a couple others that I am now looking at. Oh, <laughs> so. Man.
7: No, wait, I got to ask, yeah. what are
2: those? Oh, yeah. It's it's the, the alien, the space one, the yeah. alien. Um, yeah,
1: escape
7: and, from the aliens and,
2: in outer space. Yeah. And, and I'm very interested in, in the Ragnarok thing <laughs> that you were just yeah. speaking of. So uh, I have things to look out for and and to look into. So,
3: All
4: right.
5: Well, thanks for having me. Well, Yeah, yeah it was great talking so, with you. So
4: I guess we could say now that... Um, that the Swarmcast podcast has been given the osprey treatment, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, thank you, Kristen, for uh, for getting for coming on our show and talking with us. I had fun. Yeah, I've had yeah, a lot of fun too. I hope too. you did cool. too. Uh, I know Calvin learned a lot. I did. Um, I didn't learn anything. No, I'm just kidding. I I learned.
5: <laughs> you I learned never a lot. learn anything. I learned
4: a lot. I've made a list of <laughs> made a list of <laughs> Made a list of <laughs> games that, I, that I'm that i definitely going to look look out for.
7: Yes. Um, All right. I appreciate it. Talk yeah. to you guys later. All right. Thanks.
0: Hey, this is Toast. Um, go ahead and leave the Swarmcast a message. Remember our number, area code 803-470-4439. Maybe we'll use our message on the air. Who knows?
3: Instant Classic. And speaking of Instant Classic... Who could forget this classic moment when the host bit off more than they could chew? I am the ghost of ancient times. And let's listen now, shall we?
0: Donald got a ghost, got ghost. I admit that I'm impressed. Since I'm to I'm legit to come and sit and talk some... Stuff! Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hello,
4: Swordcast listeners. You're here still, and... This is John, and I have with me Ruby. Hey, folks. We've been busy, busy, busy uh, getting stuff ready for Scarab, which is coming up in January, of course, uh, MLK weekend.
5: Right. And today, we actually have someone that's going to be attending Scarab, demoing their new game.
4: Yep. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, we, we had him on the show last year on an episode that was recorded at Scarab because he showed up with the game. So we have with us uh, Dan Machado from Smart Iguana Games.
10: How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for for having me.
4: Real
5: quick amendment. Last year he brought Gravity Warfare, their game. Uh This year he's bringing
4: Dose. And we had a lot of folks come up and talk to us about Gravity Warfare last year. We did. But uh, yeah, that's right. Ruby mentioned that you've got a brand new game that you're bringing uh, to Scarab this year. And you've already started uh, shopping it around at different conventions.
10: Called Dose. That's right. So, so what's the deal with Dose? Dose, let me tell you about Dose. Dose is a two player competitive and tactical dice game. Um, each player takes a set of dice and they take turns placing them on this 5x5 five five grid. Um, the goal is to make a line of 4 dice that equal 12 with your own dice, of course. And once you do that, you score the round and you do another round. The game is played over four rounds and the person with the most points at the end of the fourth round wins the game.
5: That sounds pretty interesting. So I've seen a couple pictures Online, okay. and are the wooden dice that you're using oversized? Are is this your kind of giant version, like you had a large version for Gravity Warfare?
10: Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, the the jumbo <laughs> dice. Okay. So that's always an eye catcher for the uh, conventions, and they definitely bring people over just to grab the the big dice and you know play with them. How big but, will um, the
5: game actually be then? About.
10: Well, the the box is actually maybe five and a half inches by five and a half inches and an inch and a half tall.
5: So it's a game that could, you could easily just pick up and toss in your purse or backpack and go and play.
10: Yes, as uh, we we try to, um, I guess construct or structure the box in a way that you can leave the grid inside and play with the dice sort of within the box and you can play in your car or traveling and the dice won't just, you know, go everywhere.
5: That's actually pretty cool.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We've, um, I, I I do always like the games that use the utilize the box for more than just storing the, uh, the game. That's always a nice little feature right there.
1: Yeah.
4: And so, um, I know those, those who went to Scarab and have seen you guys around at other conventions, I've seen the massive display for Gravity Warfare, which is which is always um, which is always impressive. So that's a game that definitely encourages you to get up and move around the table and stuff. Right. So, but it sounds like with Dose, you're you're really kind of going for uh, um, just s- still kind of sitting at the table, so to speak.
10: Yes, uh, the Gravity Warfare is uh, much more fun and uh, eye appealing. Um, I guess interesting to just have at the table, you know, the floating platform moving around. That always catches people's eyes. Um, we wanted to... Well, Dose, if I can tell you. Dose mm-hmm. was born out of uh, a game that I have, and I don't know if I can mention it, but there's this game that I have that I absolutely <laughs> fell in love with, and it's so simple. that The rule sheet... When I got the game, the rule was just a little piece of paper, and it, it was barely anything written on it. I was like, this game cannot be good. Just... The, the sheer volume of, of, of uh, or lack of volume <laughs> uh-huh. of words. And uh, I played it, and it's, it's amazing. It's still one of my favorite games to play. And I wanted to do a game that would, it would be that simple to learn or to teach, mm-hmm. but uh, at the same time bringing uh, some challenge and strategy and actually makes you think while you're playing the game the the most that i heard from Doce was uh everybody was uh after they hear what the game is about they think it's very simple and they play just cuz it's you know it's a quick game it's not 15 20 minutes maybe the whole game okay oh wow at the end of every game people are like i wasn't expecting this to be so 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 challenging or so it's very thinky that's what they say it's super thinky kind of like a uh chess meets connect four meets um <laughs> Tic-tac-toe, okay. know, that's what I he- heard all the time.
5: Okay, interesting. So, yeah. I'm curious, so how long did it take you to develop the game?
10: I would say uh, about a year. No, we tried several different sides of grids. We tried, uh, you know, different strategies or different ways to play. And the first few didn't quite work out. But, you know, we, I think we came to a very nice and well-balanced gameplay.
4: Okay, so so when did you start actually um, bringing this to to
10: conventions to show off then? Um, just now, uh, I think the oh. first one was uh, Game Fest. That uh, I think it was this month. Oh wow! Over end of October. That was our first one that we uh, showed it publicly, and you know wanted starting uh, wanted to get to um, you know pe- people's opinion and their feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it was. It was very well accepted. everybody really liked it. there was a couple of things that they did suggest and we did take one of those suggestions and then we modified the game we brought it to Maze, and there was almost no no feedback that to you know something to fix in the game the, the, the game was uh, was nice and to play uh, no changes were needed. Nice that's very cool. It was nice yeah.
5: So it's been rather smooth. Public, yeah, exposure. yeah, it's been
10: very smooth. Yeah, we we <laughs> liked that people. Uh, I don't know if uh, I've mentioned it, but uh, at Mace we ran a tournament where fourteen people showed up, and it was not, it was people of, of all ages and of all professions, and even kids showed up to that wanted to uh, participate and play, mm-hmm. and they all had a great time. You know? People were really surprised how how, uh, for lack of a better word, thinky. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it really what I was really proud of when I was looking at the tournament and even watching people play at the demo table was no matter how old you were, if you were you know really old or really young, they were engaged in the game. They were, you know, looking at the board and they weren't just bored out of their mind. They were actually <laughs> trying to figure this out mm-hmm. to try okay. to beat the other player. So that was that was really awesome.
5: Personally, I like the shorter games myself, rather than the games that take you know four hours to play. <laughs> a board right. game that you got to set up and spends four hours at, and in between turns, you're just kind of like drooling on yourself waiting. <laughs> yeah. So a nice two player, fast paced game, always right up my alley. In particular.
4: Okay. Now you had mentioned the uh, that you had a tournament at Mace, and yeah. I want our listeners to know that. We are going to be having a dossier tournament yes. at Scarab in January right. as well.
5: Yeah. We've been in talks with it, and we'll get that information out there.
4: And and for our listeners who might be might be worried, don't worry. Gravity Warfare is going to be there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring it. Definitely.
5: <laughs> I do. Yeah. I think I asked you if you were going to bring the big big version or not, and I think you said you weren't.
10: No, we, the, the big one is unfortunately out of commission. Oh, oh. And uh, we just haven't had the time to uh, repair to get it. Okay. Repair yeah. But yeah, we're going to have the tournament and uh, we're going to make uh, two uh, custom die trophies. Yeah, I did saw that. Those those were pretty pretty snazzy looking. So, so <laughs> like, what is. Yeah. Snazzy was what we were looking for.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so so what is. what is You mentioned it. What's the website that they can go to to check out Smart Iguana Games? All right. Of course, uh, smartiguanagames.com. Wow, that's simple. Yeah, no that's easy da- enough. <laughs>
5: no dashes, no weird <laughs> no symbols.
4: Sh- I'll have a link to that in our show notes as well. Speaking of websites and and things such as that, now I know that we uh, we've we'd been talking that Dose is is it's not quite out yet. It's in development. It's in development. Correct. But, um but you've got something exciting to say about that that's going to be starting up at the end of November <laughs> if I if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
10: Super excited. We're excited to say that we're going to launch the Indiegogo campaign for Dose at the end of November, end of the month. So we're shooting for the 28th or the 30th, but hopefully sooner. Um, if you haven't uh, subscribed to our website or um, liked us on Facebook, uh, you can do that if you want to find out more about the game and the, all all the events that we have coming up. Then The reason we're uh, doing it so quick is because uh, we want to be able to deliver the game uh, by Christmas. Now, the actual retail version, the manufactured version, that would definitely not be available for Christmas because, you know, it just takes time to make. Mm-hmm. However, we will have a deluxe or special edition and a um, luxury set that we're going to make. Two different sets that we're going to make ourselves out of wood. And they're beautiful. They look really stunning. So we want to be able... For people that are interested in the game and like it, they can have these, um, I guess, upgraded versions, and they will definitely be available for Christmas.
4: Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So, uh, what we'll do is, so I guess that for the best best way for our listeners to to keep track of this so they know when it starts is to, uh, I guess, follow you guys on Facebook
5: and visit their website
4: yeah. and visit your website so they can oh. so they can get in on this. Um, 20 day <laughs> yeah. 20 day uh, yeah, 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 yeah window to to get a copy of Destiny. that means we could have people showing up for our con who've already got this game and have been practicing for yeah, about no. a month or so that's Maybe, right yeah they'll be um they'll pros be a, yeah they'll be pros they'll, they'll be, be ringers oh gosh they'll be they'll be sharking <laughs> sharking everybody at the table <laughs>
10: well we will be posting uh pictures of uh both the special edition and the luxury set uh soon on our website but yeah we're excited we're super excited about this campaign and uh we hope that it you know it's as successful or or more than gravity Warfare. but um but we're excited i mean this game is it's uh, i'm i know that it will surprise many people that played how um how interested in challenging it will be? Like, you definitely got to think two to three steps ahead. You know, that's where the the chess feels.
5: I am looking forward to having it at Scarab. I'm probably gonna play one of the the non tournament games.
1: So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, late. since 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 you're gonna be working at the con, right. you don't wanna. Right. You don't wanna beat everybody and then have them go. Ah, oh, she clearly. Yeah right. Somehow cheated at this game where you're rolling dice.
10: <laughs> well yeah, but if you guys get bored over there at the uh, the uh, the booth, I can leave a copy there for you guys to practice and play each other. Oh.
4: Well, we we know. will not ob- <laughs> we will not object to that. We may even get yeah. a few. We may even get a few folks up there to there you go to to play it. I think I convince some people to play games with me every now and then while I'm at the booth.
5: You do as long as they're quick and.
4: Right. Simple. So that fits. Exactly. That fits.
5: So, um, again, we were here talking with Dan Machado from Smart Iguana Games about their new game coming out, Dose.
10: The one and only.
5: (laughs) 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 They say that failure to learn from
3: history dooms us to repeating it. Being the ghost of ancient times, I often take the time to read back through the classics and reflect on some of the more important periods in the past. Like, for example, this classic moment in Swarmcast history, when As they say, some
0: folks bit off more than they could chew. Swan Cass has board game reviews for you, yeah. We got the good, bad, and other stuff to tell you. So listen up to our board game review. You really like it, or I'll make you eat your shoes. so
4: once again back here again at scarab 2018 and we've got ryan sitting with us again hey ryan how's it going it's going well how are you pretty good so good. what game are we talking about now dead last dead last and i believe that's by our our, our buddies at smirk and dagger games
11: i'll take your word for it. i don't remember
4: <laughs> if i'm wrong uh yeah it doesn't matter if i'm wrong
11: <laughs> fair enough
4: so uh, tell us something good about dead last
11: there's a lot of games right now using the the werewolf mafia concept um, mm-hmm. for their game makeup, and this is one of my favorites. It's, it's a lot more straightforward, way fewer rules. Um, you just kind of can dive right in with a big group, a very big group. It plays a large number, oh, it's yeah. a large number, and it, it plays out pretty quickly. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun, okay. and it's pretty quick.
4: Very cool. Um, tell us something bad about Dead Last.
11: I'm trying to decide how I feel about the uh, the showdown at the end. If people are tied, okay, uh, it's kind of a rock-paper-scissors effect. I think I like it, <laughs> but I have to play it more to really have make up my mind about it. Um, okay. so I guess I'm going to call that a question mark.
4: Okay. Well, then let's go into the other category.
11: Uh, fun art. Just a uh, different style, uh, a bit more of a, a graphic novel feel to how they did it, and it's um, it's unique, right. and, uh, yeah, and I, I like it that. a lot. Almost like Sin City where they put yeah. the splashes of red, but instead of splashes of other colors. So it's really neat.
4: Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you for talking with me about My pleasure. Dead Last. <laughs> so here at Scarab, we like to make a... Uh, Packed with each other that the last person um, alive gets the entire board game library. And uh, here to talk more about that is Joe, (laughs) who's going to talk about a game.
12: So, this is my, might be the biggest surprise Mm -hmm. of the convention for me that I saw here at Scarab. I generally dislike mass player whimsical games. Right. Um, this is Dead Last by Smirk and Dagger Games. Mm-hmm. It is a, I would call it a, a werewolf type game. Those, okay, Those okay, That's okay. the kind of games where you've got um, kind of a role right. or something, and then other people vote against you, and there's a little bit of hidden action about who to vote for and trying to influence the voting. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's not that you are a bad person or something. It's just pretty much... Who's, gonna, who's the last one to live? Right. And so it's other people conspiring to who are they going to kick out and how do you signal the other okay. people? Sometimes it could be, we're going to kill the DJ. Or we're going to kill Jordan. Okay. Or we're going to kill the... But you kind of say it or maybe you just... I've done it with pointing fingers kind of obviously. Mm-hmm. And the way...
13: It, uh, we had a, a person, uh, two people across from each other, uh-huh. and he made a subtle hint. you like, I like your shirt. And they had a red shirt and I was the red player. And he didn't understand, but I knew. And there's a card in there that uh, if you think that you're going to be voted to die, Mm -hmm. then uh, you play the ambush card, which means that you can choose one of the people who voted for you to die. Okay. And uh, what happens is if you play that and you don't get voted to die, Mm -hmm. you die. And so a lot of the times you get where you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill Joe, wink, wink. And then okay. Joe plays the ambush card, ambush card and, you're and like, he dies. Huh, and we I vote really for wasn't else. trying
4: to kill you. And then, uh, okay, okay.
12: And uh, yeah, and so sometimes if you do it and you make the person that's the victim mm-hmm. know that you're doing that, and you're kind of bluffing them out. Uh, I, gotcha. Um, I gotcha. That was a lot of fun. And okay. so it's it can be a friendly discussion game. I've been in some of these games where people cry, like mm-hmm. at, um <laughs> I Drank What? Right. It has a very f- f- similar feel to that, but it's not as. There's not as many rules. There's no rules. I mean, it's really, it's really oh, just discuss okay. and vote. There's not hidden roles. Nobody's a villager. Nobody's a hunter. Nobody's a doctor. It's just you're a certain color. It's mm-hmm. just orange, green, pink, whatever. Up to I think a dozen play- players. Minimum six.
6: Mm-hmm. Nine to
12: twelve. And nine to twelve. Well, six to twelve. 12. Yes, yeah, six to twelve. Oh, players. okay. Okay. Um, No rules written down. There's nothing to read except the word ambush. So you have (laughs) one card for each of the people playing. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to do eventually going to reveal who you voted for. And then again, if you think you were going to be the target, you play ambush. (laughs) Otherwise, you're voting for certain people. One of the things I did was made it obvious we're going to vote for one person. Right. That person knew they were all going to vote for him. Then I voted for somebody else. So they couldn't choose to kill me. And so there's little strategies there. It doesn't make me brilliant. I'm just saying that's one of the things that's you, that's can do. The thing you can do. And it's really funny because that person was getting mad at you for calling them out. He's gonna burn you, but then it comes up and goes, no, he has to kill somebody else. <laughs> and so it's a lot of fun. And then if there's a t- at the end of a round, mm-hmm. you have this even little thing of uh, I forgot it was one. Of, I forgot what that game is called. But you like you can choose to. The it's standoff
13: it's the game is trust.
12: So it's like you could, two people are okay. going to hide and show something. You either can choose to share uh-huh. the total loot, you can choose to take it all, right. and then you can choose to do something. I forgot what those three are. But if you chose,
13: it's uh, steal, share, and take one and go.
12: So there's a safety okay. one. Like, so if the person, if you both decide to share, you each get two of the gold. If you okay. decide to steal it, another person does share. you take everything, mm. you know, if you take one and go, it kind of saves you. And it's a little fun to continue the first one at 12 wins. <laughs> <coughs> or 25. And a little surprise on it. It says you're just pulling four of oh, four gold. Mm-hmm. Funny thing was is that it says to 25. And as we're playing our first turn, we're like, there's no way we can get to 25. To <laughs> and then somebody goes, no, there's numbers on the back. We turn it over. Turn it over well, I had four stuff. cards. Oh, I'm already at 16. You know, whatever it was. So it was very well balanced. Oh, nice. Um, people started figuring it out, started getting a little vicious in a friendliest way. So it was just my favorite game. And almost everybody at the table says they're looking to purchase that game. So just really nice. That's cool. Again, I'm not a. that's one we should probably get for our group. Um, loved it. Awesome. And I can't imagine it's very expensive. It's a very simple card yeah. stack, high quality <coughs> art is very... Um, very Comic po- booky with yeah. a monotone of the individual colors. Yeah, it is. Very pretty. Very nice. No problems. Well, cool. Very no cool. complaints.
4: Yeah. Thanks for, well, thank thank you both for ta- for uh, giving me some insight and in talking about Dead Last. <laughs> Boy, have we got a treat for you tonight. Uh, we've got a really interesting group of characters here. I think these are all assumed names, and they want to talk about some games that they've really? been playing at uh, Scarab this year. I'm sure we so, don't know what you mean. <laughs> So I have with me, uh, Mr. Jones, Mr. Smith. That's me. Scarlet.
6: (laughs) Oh yeah, baby.
4: And Dan. (laughs) Which they decided was you.
2: All right, I'm glad they told me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So guys, you you were playing a game called Dead Last, which I believe is a smirk and Dagger game. Yes. Um, not that that's not that you needed to put out. I just have. Very
14: important. <laughs>
4: so Dead Last, which is a really interesting game. So what's some what's some good stuff you guys thought about uh, well, one, Dead Last?
14: One thing that I found that's very unique about this game. Well, I shouldn't say unique, but uh, very few games fit this. You can play with up to twelve people. Yes. And you know you get those large groups, and you're always looking for. What can we play? Mm -hmm. You can play this. How many people
4: did you guys play with? Well, we we
14: actually had eight characters in Uh the game.
4: Okay.
6: Well, there's an interesting point in that we didn't have enough to start with the minimum of six players. Mm -hmm. So instead of having two random players that we all as a group played to make the six, we each doubled our characters.
1: Uh,
0: okay, okay.
14: And okay. Which that each characters. of the characters was already allied with somebody, mm-hmm. somebody yes. in your negotiations. Yes. And, it, and it's always good to have somebody <laughs> watching your back. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Or stabbing it. Hmm, which happened a few times. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, so are we going to lump all this into the good category
14: here? Yeah, I would say this is all good.
4: It's good to you know have an ally when you're stabbing somebody in the back. <laughs> so, so is there anything bad that you guys want to say about Dead Last?
14: Well as with a lot of uh, elimination games if if your character or both your characters in this game get eliminated then you you get to um, uh, root for your your next closest pal but you don't actually get to participate once your characters have been okay. taken out.
4: So if you get knocked out of the game that's
14: yeah. Right. But it goes pretty qu- it goes lines. pretty quick so it's not like you're sitting very long.
4: Okay.
14: It is a game with negotiation. It has before every round, a minute and a half of negotiation phase where you're supposed to be able to go talk secretly or openly or whatever. And so, if you don't like that kind of thing, that is. Uh,
4: okay, yeah.
14: It also kind of, that is a place where it will slow down that wait for the right, for round to end if you're not involved in the negotiations. Okay, I could see that.
4: What about you guys? Anything bad about the game?
9: I'm not much of a team player. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't have six friends.
8: <laughs> I the games I play, it's either <laughs> everyone works towards one common goal, or I work for one common goal.
4: Okay. Whereas in in this game, kind of kind of has a little bit of yeah, there's all of that in there. So too
8: much interaction with people.
4: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, I gotcha For some people, it's some just people like my okay. original
6: DM <laughs> said. It could be meat. It could be cake. It could be meat cake.
4: Oh. Mm. Okay. Um <laughs> anyway, we love <laughs> about the meat cake. So so what's something other than meat cake that we could say that might be in the other category here for dead last?
14: Well, one thing that we discovered near the end of the game is you're you're trying to get gold as your reward and uh-huh. and we saw these gold bars and said, "Well, okay, each of those is worth a point." But then we discovered, "Oh, each of these gold bars isn't just worth one, it could be worth up to four. Which in other words, we all failed our <laughs> we, we all, all failed, failed our check to turn over the gold bar
6: cards <laughs> to see that there are actual numbers underneath totaling uh, the amount of gold bars. So, and so and we played in excess of 25. Because, yes, suddenly the game was much shorter <laughs> than we thought it was
3: gonna be. I shuffled, I shuffled the gold <laughs> cards. I knew there were numbers on them. I just didn't tell, you just
14: didn't tell <laughs> them. Meanwhile, he had collected, what, 10 of them? Yes. <laughs> Nice. That was an interesting strategy.
6: (laughs) His strategy was no strategy, which we also tried. (laughs) We also tried the fact that he was pulling random cards. Yes, including characters that
14: weren't even in uh, the game. In the
6: game, which we had to caution him against. But then at um, at the end of each round, there's basically the last two survivors have to fight for the gold, and they decide whether they have to steal, whether they want to share, whether they want to grab a gold bar and go. And depending on what each of them chooses you wind up with some gold no gold or all of the gold what was funny is that at at some point I had not gotten any gold the entire game (laughs) and so I didn't really care and I picked a random card and I got my other opponent Mr. Jones
14: no, I'm Mr. Smith, sorry. Oh,
6: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith. I digress. To randomly choose, in which case, because we were each playing two characters, I, I will, we all I will ended say up getting that I did, a cold I bar. did not randomly choose.
4: <laughs> <laughs> See? More backstabbing. Yeah. <laughs> the game continues even after the game is over.
8: Interesting. Yeah.
1: The game never ends.
3: Never
8: Since ends. I won, I'm already sleeping on the couch. <laughs>
6: <laughs> it's a very comfortable couch. Let's <laughs> Uh, suffice it to say, I think that it was a really good first-time experience with the game. Okay. And it was a little difficult to get started, but once we got the ball rolling, it was easier to figure out what we were doing the right now. next wrong. time, we'll use the rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Awesome.
4: Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. Uh, thanks for, for talking to me about Dead
1: Last.
4: <laughs> so once again, I'm sitting here, and I've got uh, Ryan with me again. How's it going, how's it going? It's going well. Yeah, I
11: introduced a new guy who's uh, never been to a board game convention before ever. So that was fun. Oh, wow. Yeah.
4: So you you just blew his mind, right? Yep.
11: (laughs) So he's he's jaws on the floor. So So
4: what game are we going to be talking about now?
11: Uh, Isle of Monsters by I think it was a Mayhem game.
4: Okay. So tell me something good about Isle of Monsters.
11: Uh, the art's incredible. It grabbed my eye even from the box, and uh, as soon as it came out, the whole thing was just really well-designed uh, from a, from an artistic standpoint. Very well-done art.
4: Okay. Um, is there anything bad that you can say about yeah, it? Yeah, we couldn't really know. figure out
11: how to play it. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not saying we're smart, but we're not dumb, and we play a lot of games, and we were really struggling. Uh, for one one thing it said in the rules was, you know, keep your scare tokens face down, and the scare tokens are the same print on both sides. Oh. So, that kind of inconsistency starts raising red flags and you know I, i'm sure it's probably a great game once you figure out the wrinkles but the wrinkles threw us off our game
4: so. okay oh well so what's something other than that you can say about i love monsters?
11: that it's tackling the kind of breeding monster breeding animal kind of approach like that's not always done very uh, taken on uh, uh-huh. very well in board games and i mean art's great the attempt is great. It's probably a good game once you figure out kind of the the hiccups in it. We just didn't have the patience for the hiccups. <laughs> so, yeah.
4: Okay. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank thanks for sitting down and talking with me about Isle of Monsters sure. this time. My pleasure. And we're back again. And guess what? We're talking with Joe. <laughs> Thumbs up. Joe, you're you're like, you're a regular on the um, on this right now.
12: <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I, I actually took a big list, and mm. now it's time for my first negative.
4: All right. So, what is what is this game we're going to be talking about
12: right now? So, Isle of Monsters. Um, okay. It's I was told some people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, we went and opened it, and I, I will... So, go through it the good, just to be fair. Okay. It's a very pretty game. I mean, it's got nice, um, uh, cartoonish... Pictures of monsters, this would be appropriate for kids. It would. It'd be okay. It looks all right. There's nothing gory. There's no severed heads and Right. Uh, it's, not that ki- it's not that type yeah, it's, of monster. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a kid-looking game. Okay. The issue I had, and I have more bad to say than good, <laughs> was the instructions were extremely unclear. Uh, okay. I'm used to reading instructions that are written at different levels of technical writing ability. Sometimes you just need to be able to quickly write that game out. Okay. Funny thing was, this thing had very tight instructions, but they mm-hmm. were still hard to understand. And one of my favorite examples of it is you have victory tokens,
1: mm-hmm.
12: and it says you take the tokens, and then you like you for whatever value they're worth, like you per, like you pick up a three or a one or whatever, and then you hide them by turning them over. And that that hides them. Okay. The funny thing was the tokens are double sided with the same number on either side. So,
4: flipping it over, oh my gosh.
12: Yeah, so that was like, okay, that's bad. When it <coughs> and it has that's one of the the way the rules were written is like that hidden information is very important to have, so not everybody has it. That so was just <laughs> sloppy. And it's in the other things were like turn order wasn't obvious or what other actions you could take place, the wording, okay. it was just really frustrating. So, Without bashing it too much. And then I have some friends that played it just recently mm-hmm. and criticized me because they said, Oh, this was easy to understand. So I have to be in full disclosure. Some other friends that are hypercritical on a lot of games mm-hmm. tried it after I complained about it and they liked it. <laughs> so full disclosure, some people will like it and maybe okay. they it was just written in a way they could more understand. Fair enough. Alright. Could
4: be me. That's 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 fair. You're you're giving us your opinion of the game and, yep. that's, and that's great. This is what people want to know. Well, uh, okay, well, awesome. Well, thank you for for talking with us about Isle of Monsters. So we're still here at the booth, and we've got Petra sitting at the table. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So you have a game that you want to talk about. Uh, What game was that?
9: Red Dragon Inn Villains.
4: Okay, and I believe that's the the sixth release in that series of stuff that they're probably just going to keep releasing more and more character (laughs) packs for and stuff. So... Um, first off, did you have fun playing? It?
9: Yes, I've never played Red Dragon Inn, and oh, okay. it is one of my granddaughter's favorite games. Okay. So I thought I would try it out.
4: Well, cool. So tell me, tell me something good about uh, Red Dragon Inn villains.
9: I thought it was fast paced, not too fast where you're playing for five minutes and you're done, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but not something that took like hours to play. So I like games that are kind of a medium pace where you're not sitting there forever and get bored. Um, So that was kind of a good part of it.
0: And, and
4: uh, it's fairly easy to pick up. Yes, too, it it's, is. It's not a lot of them.
9: Um, you know, simple steps and everything. Good yeah. directions, which I've had a couple of games this weekend where the directions just did not work.
4: <laughs> so why don't you tell me something bad about Red Dragon and villains?
9: Honestly? I can't think of anything bad. I guess I could say that, you know, my husband takes forever to decide what he's going to do. But that's not specific to the game. He just takes forever to decide what to do in any game. Okay,
4: okay. And what about something um, other about about this game?
9: I just thought it was a cute concept. Um, not just, you know, people losing health levels, mm-hmm. but... Um, It was somewhat of a drinking game. That seems to be a theme with games lately. Um, But you could lose by drinking too much, or you could lose by, you know, gaining damage. Um, So it's kind of a little bit varied there in reference Mm -hmm. to just getting beat up and and dying from damage.
4: Right. (laughs) Well, awesome. Thank you for sitting down and talking with me about uh, Red Dragon and Villains, Petra.
9: You're welcome, and have a great rest of your weekend. All
4: right, you too still here at scarab gaming convention 2018 and i'm still here with sarah and cool hat guy again i think an assumed name uh, we'll, we'll crack your secret soon enough i swear so what game are we talking about now?
13: right now we're talking about the red dragon in game but it's the villain version
4: okay so, what's something good that you can tell us about uh, Red Dragon Inn Villains?
13: It's the normal Red Dragon Inn game, but it has completely new rules, some uh-huh. new rules, because they're villains, and you have all sorts of special cards. For example, the vampire can get, get blood for playing cards and spend blood to turn into bats, werewolves, and monsters.
4: Okay. Interesting. Um, so, is there something bad that you can tell us about Red Dragon Inn Villains?
13: Um, I... I would say no, except for the gambling. That's uh-huh. always my least favorite part of every Red Dragon game. It's kind okay. of confusing. Okay.
9: That's my only thing. It's a little confusing. I played with people who knew how to play, so they could tell me what to do, but I, didn't, I never really understood what I was doing.
4: Mm-hmm. You always try to hold another on one card that says, no, I don't have to gamble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get you. So uh, what's something we can say in our other category for Red Dragon and villains?
9: It's a neat expansion. We have the basic set, and Mm -hmm. this is a, Mm -hmm. the vampire was a fun twist.
13: And it came with four new characters. Okay. Very cool. Plus, it's fun to talk in the vampire accent.
4: (laughs) Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you both for sitting down and talking with me about Red Dragon and
1: villains.
4: (laughs) We are still rolling strong here at Scarab, and I have Joe back at the table at the booth with me right now. How's it going? Doing pretty well. And you're here to talk with me about another game. So what game are we talking about now?
12: Red Dragon Inn number six. This is villains. Okay. And on the box it says it's compatible with all the previous Red Dragon Inn games, and I know there's bajillions because you can see a stack of them right. in the uh, right. Scarab uh, library.
4: Yeah. So this particular one, um, tell us something good about
12: it. So the good is, I think like all the Red Dragon Inn, they're they have a they're very stylized. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have that. D and D style art, as I would call it. I'm not a D and D guy, just right. to say, it but I'm like it's that beautiful, um, not quite cartoony, but um, not hyper realistic. Gotcha. Um, Red Dragon Inn, which is generally your D and D style of, you know, dragons, mm-hmm. elves, dwarves, all those kind of guys themed. But this one is the villains. But it's not traditional D&D-style villains, so it's the mummies, vampires. Oh, Um wow. Mummies, vampires, uh, some gop like an orc. I remember the orc, and I think there was a sea creature. I forgot its name. <laughs> okay. And so what it does is it's the same as the original Red Dragon in, but it mm-hmm. does the villains with some flavor of the bad guys. I The okay. only time I played it, I played the human vampire. And, it has, okay. <laughs> and so each creature had an additional flavor for it. So what this one had the ability was blood. Mm-hmm. So as it did some actions, you gain blood. I attack somebody. Well, I get two for that attack, that special attack, two <laughs> bloods. Later on, you can burn blood mm-hmm. to buy other creature cards. Instead of drawing from your normal vampire deck, you can pull from the vampire bat deck or the vampire okay. wolf deck are the Vampire Monstrosity, and you can pick one of those. And those have special upgraded powers, um, based on what you've pulled. They had great pictures, different from the regular Vampire deck, so, like, (laughs) they would have matching stuff. And it was actually pretty neat. Once I figured it out, um, initially it wasn't... I didn't read the instructions well enough, but the instructions were very clear on how to use it. Right. So that's the very good. It added some nice stuff, um... Everybody had special things. Nobody was overpowered. Okay. Um, so it worked. So that okay. was the good. The bad. Yeah. For me, I didn't... It's, it's, like, it's a gambling game. So most of Red Dragon is about drinking and gambling. And gambling, So yes. I forgot to mention the first. You're, you're, the idea is you drink, gain powers, or take mm-hmm. the negative and then do some things. Right. You're affecting people by your... First, your health going down, and then the many drinks you've taken. Right. If they meet in the middle, let's say you've lost 10 health, but you've now drinking 10 drinks, you can die. Right. But if you stay super healthy and take lots of drinks, you can still live kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's also the gambling aspect. You have gold that you win. Right. You gamble back and forth, and that's part of the game. For the life of me, I couldn't figure out what the purpose was because you couldn't spend gold. Later (laughs) on... After reading it, I should have paid attention. It's a very clear line. You lose all your gold.
4: You're kicked out of the you're bar. You're kicked out of the game.
12: Yeah. And oh. you actually have to gamble sometimes. There are penalties. Uh-huh. You lose gold. So I didn't know that. Bad was me just not understanding. Okay. Otherwise, we're pretty. Uh, I know I'm supposed to say something other, but I think I already talked about that. Just the beautiful. Yeah, you've thrown a lot of stuff. Yeah, in, there's in a beautiful art. That. So I, I think that's covered there.
4: Okay. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for talking with me about Red Dragon in the the villains expansion here. Very cool. <sniffs> okay, so I'm back yet again with the cool hat guy. Hello. Hey. And you're talking. <laughs> you're here to talk about a uh, another game. What game are we talking about now?
13: Today we're talking about Alchemy 101.
4: Alchemy 101. Okay. Well, tell me something good about this game.
13: So Alchemy 101 is to quote the creators of it. A community college version of the Harry Potter alchemy class. Okay. And it's made by the same people as I drank What, so it's going to be obviously a great game. Okay. And you, like I Drink What, there's a card. It's like tincture of a frog or something. It turns you into a frog, which automatically eliminates you from the game. Okay. And you try to drink four other po- four potions, mm-hmm. and then you, you win.
4: Oh, very cool. So is there something bad you can say about Alchemy uh, 101? I would Alchemy say 101? no. <laughs> okay. It was really awesome. All right. So the bad thing, it was just too awesome. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get them to tone down the awesomeness. Yeah. Uh, so is there something um, other that you can say about Alchemy 101?
13: Um, I don't think so either. It was just really, really awesome. Okay. And fun.
4: So, so does it play a lot like um, I drank what?
13: It does. Okay. All right.
4: Well, very cool. Yes. Uh well, thank you once again for thank you sitting down here and and talking with me this time about Alchemy
1: 101.
0: (laughs) Mmm as I bought them reviews from the Swarmcast. If you don't like it, I'm come over to TikTok. Tail!
4: Tail (laughs) Toast meant to say tail. (laughs) Toast one. Why do you do that?
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, hey there, Toast, I didn't see you. Hey, what what you got there? Oh, this? (laughs) Ha ha, check it out. It's one of my evil Robot John Podcaster robot figures. Yeah, fight.
2: Uh, okay. You know what? I'm
0: pretty sure that's just a Transformers (laughs) Grimlock figure. Huh? What? Nah. Look, see? I put a mustache on it, and I even added a few extra parts to it. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait. Is that a D- Twenty for a hand? Oh. What What do all the buttons do? Oh, oh, well, see? This one right here, it plays random Julian Hatfield songs or guar. Okay,
2: right, that's just a little odd. Yeah, well, um,
0: and this button right here, it makes him uh, spat a random Rick and Morty or a Brack quote. Hey, oh,
2: oh. <laughs> okay, alright, and, and what does this yellow lever here do?
0: Well, careful with that, that's the flamethrower! Whoa!
2: Whoa! Like, real flames and everything. Yeah, you know, just like the real John. Uh, you mean evil robot John? Uh, whatever. So you just took a Grimlock toy and
0: modified it. No, so it's called. Hey, I've got this one. It's c- called
4: Kit Bashing. Evil, evil Robot, robot John? John?
0: And howdy.
2: Wait, wait, which one are you?
0: Why the b- best one, of course. <laughs> yeah, sir, Kit Bashing. You see,
4: that's when... Why, that's when you take an existing item or a toy and you add stuff to it or you modify it and you make it y- unique. That's right. You know who really likes kit-babashing? Um,
2: I don't know, David Hasselhoff in the late 90s?
4: <laughs> why, it's none other than the players of Osprey Games' very own Gaslands. Gaslands, Gaslands!
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's where the people take toy cars and, and, and like wreck them and glue stuff to them and, and like sometimes even paint them
0: hey you know what we should have a pants ton- say let's have a contest all right all of our listeners out there can
4: modify or kid babash a toy car of their choice take one of those fancy digital pictures and you can post it to facebook or twitter tagging the swarmcast and using those hashtags that everyone's using nowadays such as hashtag gaslands hashtag scpcgas Hashtag flamethrowers rule! Yeah, you know what? Let's skip that flamethrowers part. Okay, so hashtag gaslands and hashtag scpcgas. We'll vote on which ones we think are the best fit for the three categories. Good, bad, and other.
2: Okay, so just like our reviews. Then we can post those three and have our fans vote online for the best one.
4: And the lucky winner will receive a copy of g gaslands Gaslands, Gaslands from Osprey Games. Yeah, that's Protocol. The three finalists will be declared at Scarab Gaming Convention. Yay! So get those entries posted by January 18th at midnight. Midnight, midnight. And we'll post the good, the bad, and the other cars. And let the voting begin. Hey, hey, you know,
2: if you're at Scarab, you can always come by the booth and vote there as well.
0: Sure, we count kind of those too, why not? Gentle humans, to dart your babashing! Hmm,
2: well, I better go get some glue, cotton balls, and silly string.
0: Yeah, wait, what kind of car are you going to make for that?
2: Uh, car?
0: No. I got your number, I'll call you all the time. Area code 803 470
3: 4704439 These clips from the past 50 years of the c have been truly fantastic. With a modern flair to them that foreshadowed the events of today. Truly ahead, if not right on the mark of their time, Come the ghosts of ancient time. At times the show would showcase recipes, for food to have while gaming. Sometimes these recipes created so much food that you bite into them it would prove a bit difficult. To begin the chewing process and account of the excessive quantities. Let's take a listen.
0: Do you smell something burning? It can only mean one thing! We're cooking... Toast! Ha <laughs> ha! Not supposed to be cooking with toast. What? We're Cooking with... Toast! batter Better. Making bacon pancakes! Hey! <laughs> What's that smell? Oh, hey, Toast! Hey, Calvin. Oh, yeah. What's you making over there? Why, it's my famous crockpot meatballs. Meatballs in a crockpot? Now I've heard it all. Really?
2: So, making it is really quite easy. And, mm, perhaps a bit surprising. Oh, how could anything about
0: this be unusual or out of the ordinary?
2: Here, I'll show you. First, we add some frozen meatballs, like you would get at a store. Or, you know, you could make them yourself if you really wanted to.
0: Oh, I'm all about ease, so, you know, pre-made meatballs is great. Hmm. Yeah, then I
2: usually add some chili sauce or something like that. And my secret ingredient, shh, grape jelly. Right. Grape jelly? Why, that's just ridiculous. Right. Whatever, Toast. Look, you... You know, it's the same thing every time. Everyone has a secret recipe for crockpot meatballs or crockpot weenies, and it's always the same shh um, secret uh, and unusual
0: ingredient: <laughs> um, grape jelly. So, so, so what? You uh, just cook it on low all day then? You know what?
2: Everybody uses grape jelly. It's no secret. Oh. Seriously. No, it's not strange at all. It um, tastes good. I'm so sick of people acting like it's some uh,
0: old family recipe. And that's so crazy and unusual. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Calm down there, buddy. Here, let's have some of these yummy meatballs.
2: Hey, hey. So- yeah, Toast, check it out. I used, get this, tomato sauce in my spaghetti. Uh, oh, so strange. So unusual. So, uh, yeah, but...
0: Yeah, but the meatballs! Ah, the uh, meatballs can uh, bite me,
2: Toast. Uh, I'm sick of the whole oh. grape jelly meatballs secret recipe thing. Uh, I'm out of here. Um. Uh, uh,
0: okay, so, uh. Hmm, yeah, this this tastes pretty good. Grape jelly, huh? Who world of thought? Everybody, Toast! Literally,
2: everybody uh, did!
0: Uh, yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, this has been. Cooking
1: with toast. Podcast, Podcast.
0: Podcast at
3: gmail. <laughs> Ghost of ancient times here again. The show is finally over. Tell us what you thought on Facebook and Twitter. Give us a good review on iTunes and tune in, Stitcher, and wherever else you can think to find us. And subscribe or grab the OSS feed. You can also email us at swarmcastpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voice message at 803. Four seven zero four four three nine. Give us permission, and we'll play it on the air. So until next time, keep on gaming. And when you think of ancient times, think of me.
4: Music on the Swarmcast podcast is by I Fight Dragons, who you heard at the beginning. Check them out at ifightdragons.com. Big Ass Truck at BigAssTruck.com, MC Lars at MCLars.com, and Steam Powered Giraffe. Check them out at SteampoweredGiraffe.com
8: Going up the river, taking all my friends. Where the music never ends Going up the river, taking on my friends We're all heading to the place where the music never ends Folks, would you like a milkshake, chocolate or vanilla? We've got anything you'd want in a fountain of sarsaparilla. Welcome, S.S. DSS Biscuiteer. Feel free to chime in with the music that you hear. Because this here steamboat runs off of a catchy tune. And if everybody sings along, we might make it to the moon. Music so hot and loud, burns through the deck, riles up the crowd. Check your watches at the door, bring your smiles for out store. Dancing is free. Up high, our billowing clouds to the sky. I, while we are partaking those steamboat shenanigans, 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 shenanigans. Steamboat shenanigans, one, two, three. Steamboat shenanigans, take a trip with me.